We had the opportunity to have Andrew Pat on the next episode. And man, what a legend. Just got back from his honeymoon two nights before and flew up from Sydney to spend the day uh, with the LSKD crew. He took us through a training session and Darcy Edwards from World Gym put us through that and uh, put us to our tests. And then we went to Brecky and got to know him a little more and then uh, got to jump into a podcast after it, which was, you know, it was amazing. He, um, everything we got to speak about from socials to mindset to business you know, just to how to maximize life and uh, and his journey and his life and what he's gone through. He shared so much uh, of what he's gone through in his personal life and how he's got to where he is today and how much he's achieved. I don't know how the guy gets through everything in one day. He's uh, an absolute weapon, but I hope you enjoy this episode and I'd love your feedback. We're always trying to improve. We're, uh, we're starting to get a few down now, so it's super exciting. So enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, this morning session. It was fun to train together. It was, man. Yeah, it was a really good crew, uh, good good facility. Darcy did a great job to, yeah. you know, he was thinking on his feet. He didn't know how many people were coming in, and he just made it work. But yeah, yeah. That was taxing. Yeah, everyone was pumped. I know everyone's been excited to train with you too. Oh, mad. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Everyone was really welcoming. I felt um, I felt the love when walking in, and um, yeah, like. Everyone wants to train hard, but there's no egos. Yeah, yeah, like if yeah. You have Everyone's to use all in it together and wants to help each other. Yeah. If you have to use a lighter weight, that's fine. No yeah. one's going, man, you're not lifting as heavy and or, you know, you didn't finish first. It's a real healthy atmosphere, which is um, very few uh, and far between to find that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Like just, I uh, think uh, now the, the fitness industry, I guess the high, like the top higher echelon underneath CrossFit um, is more competitive. You know, you have those team sessions and, yeah, yeah. you know, time caps and how many rounds you can get, which is great. You know, it, it demands yeah. higher intensity from people. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the same time, you know, it really sh- it really does expose and show different cultures of gyms. Yeah. What kind of culture does one gym have? Is it um, in an elitist gym where we this is how we do things and we don't do anything else? And if yeah. you're not that, piss off. Yeah. Uh, or we're really open... And uh, we want everyone to come on board and improve their life or we want these type of people. So it was good to walk into that gym. You could see there's a, a multitude of different people there because it can facilitate bodybuilders, um, you know, uh, your strength athletes. Yeah. And then you've got your sort of more hybrid approach, which is that functional stuff that we did as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah it was really cool. Yeah. And I think the whole aspect around like that community, especially with what we do, we love just, you know, training together, mm. working hard. It's all about finishing together as well and yeah. being a good crew. We had so breakfast afterwards and everything. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, you filled me up. I tried to go as hard as you, but it didn't work out. I couldn't yeah. finish half of it. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tried to go your calorie goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when I'll be hungry for lunch, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, true. We'll see. Hey, um, mate, you've built a phenomenal social media following in the fitness world, you know, and in well, fitness and the business world, you know, and uh, I mean, we'll get in the chat. We only met today. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking for a, a long time to catch up and have a session and throw down a podcast at the office. But how did this all get started? You know, you've been on TV, you've, you know, you've got your own gym, you've got a fitness program, you're, you know, you're traveling the world doing ultra races, like, man, you've achieved in 12 months, you know, just from first meet, like speaking to you, how much you've done in 12 months, how did this get about? Like, what did you do to get to this level of just nonstop? I mean, you just got back from your honeymoon on Monday and now you're flying up to you know, Brisbane. I'm sure, well, now you're married. She can't say anything, right? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she can't leave me now. Yeah. So how to get about? Like, 
Man, it's it's a it's a it's a good question. It's a big question. Yeah, you know, it's a big answer. Um, and I guess doing so many things at, at one time um, and putting yourself under so much stress and workload, you've got to love it. Yeah. Otherwise, why do it? Um, and I guess I've been fortunate enough to be have myself prepared for opportunities. Yeah. So when those opportunities come, I can I can really grab them with both hands. Uh, but to get there, man, it took time. Like we spoke about it before the podcast. A lot of people are always asking like, what's the secret sauce? What's the magic pill? How can I be like you or something that portrays you tomorrow? Yeah. And it doesn't exist, you know, unless you were to come up with something, a brand new concept and it was just to grow overnight, right? But uh, anything with true and substance. Most of the time you find people have failed before trying to do that. Yeah, to get absolutely. It to that. Yeah, but that's... And always learning. Correct. But now we're exposed to you know, millions of people on the internet and every day we're seeing their, you know, the epitome of their life, life their most high successes. And they're thinking, you're thinking, crap, that's that's all they do. They're just winning, winning, winning. Yeah. Like, how do I, I'm not doing that. How do I do that? Yeah. And yeah. It's, I'm doing something wrong. And fundamentally, like maybe there is some changes that some, that individual could make to make a difference in themselves. But at the end of the day, it's about giving it a go and sticking with it, something that you believe and enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that's... I guess where we both resonate with one another in terms of your brand LSKD and yeah. and I guess my philosophy and my and the stuff that I've been doing, but starting out, man, it was a, it was a really long journey, you know. Yeah. And it comes. Well, you're in the army as well. Correct. Yeah, but that was when I got out of high school. It was a, a great again another opportunity. So you went straight out of high school into the army. Yeah, yeah. So I I got good grades in school. I was I was uh, applying myself, um, but I just wasn't sold on university. Yeah, uh, not the the establishment itself or the idea of going to uni, I think it's fantastic. It's more that I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't yeah. sold on committing four plus years to something I wasn't sure about. Yeah, knowing that you're going to drop out halfway through if it wasn't something you wanted. Yeah, I know it's the status quo because definitely when I decided not to go, I felt like I was behind. Yeah, I okay. felt like people were like, oh, you don't have a degree or you're not, you're not studying something. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow. what am I doing? You yeah. Know? Um, and I had a bunch of surfing mates and a lot of that, that culture went into, you know, being a tradesman and, and, and they had all their own successes. But then you also have your other mates who go all corporate and go degrees and, and do all the lawyers and doctors and all that stuff. And I'm sitting there going, I'm going to go to the military, you know, <laughs> and uh, where I was from, it wasn't really the thing to do. And you were big into training before the military as well in the fitness industry, yeah. like you loved training. Yeah, man, I, I was always active. Yeah. I've all, I, I don't know where I'm borderline ADD, but I've always <laughs> can't around. Sit still. Can't sit still. I love to apply, like I love the, the sense of physical exertion. Yeah. Knowing that I put something, I tried really hard at something and um, you know, did really well in athletics and, and basketball. And, um, you know, I just never really applied myself to a particular sport. Never really had the opportunity as a kid, um, whether it was for finance or financial reasons, uh, yep. family's health and stuff like that. Just didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so it was really just anything I could do at school. So I did everything at school and and really enjoyed it. And I started training with the boys, as you do. I remember we first started our gym training at my mates my mates backyard, and he had this really crap gym equipment <laughs> with like the barbell would weigh like less than ten kilos with some old rusty plates. And we just do, you know, a few sets of bench each, bench each, some bicep curls, and then go to McDonald's yes. and to refeed. And they had a, uh, they had a, um, a coupon where it was like, buy a Big Mac, get two free cheeseburgers. And that's what we used to do. We had no idea what we we're doing. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's how it started. <laughs> that's awesome. How old were you then? Uh, I was like 16. Yeah, cool. You know, just all we cared about was uh, biceps and chest. Yeah, yeah. Pecs. Chest day. Yeah, chest day every day. But um, 
yeah, then I, you know, I was actively just, just caring more about my health and I was getting involved with the gym, um, you know, almost every day, you know, as a kid, you don't have that much responsibility. Yeah, correct. And uh, then the opportunity to go to the military and then I really, I really thrived well with discipline and structure. I wanted to be the best at everything I could do. Yeah. Um, and it put me in leadership roles and I really enjoyed that experience. It taught me a lot about myself and it taught me a lot about my capacity, my overall capacity and, and myself as someone who um, I really put other people first in terms of care about other people. And yeah. if I can be in a service of, to somebody else, um, then that's, that fulfills my needs. So, you know, my idea was to stay in and be a combat medic and with the go to special forces or SAS, you know, that was my, yep. my vision. Um, and I was, and I, you know, I was just really, I was promising like to, to, to do that. And that was something that would fulfill my needs. And, and we're going to go to Afghanistan three months after my, my, my one year gap year yep. was finished. Um, but it just through health uh, reasons, like circumstances with the family, I've, yep. like, I, there's a lot of mental illness in my family. Everyone yep. in my family has the schizophrenia or bipolar or, yeah, wow. you know, my mom's bedridden. Um, there's constant threats of um, suicide and just it's been like that since I was a kid so yeah. that taught me a lot I grew up really quickly as a kid so I think and you've done an amazing job to overcome that to how far how much you've achieved too well that's the thing man like I always say to, to people and when I'm saying it's not because I've got my life sorted out it's because I'm trying to practice it and I yeah, make mistakes every day every day right so it's like we're not we don't define yourself by your circumstances define yourself on how you respond to them and that was the most important thing growing up and, and applying and learning and sometimes I was doing it without realizing it went to a private school I was living in housing commission I was poor 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 yeah. and uh, you know it hits your self-esteem yeah. you know when you can't go to school camps you can't afford any, any yeah. doing things whatever and seeing the stress and, and hardship on your own family and feeling that your family's because your family's your rock right yeah you know, if you got if you need something or if they need to talk to someone that's they're there for you that's yeah but when they're fragile and they can't handle that, like where do you go as a kid? Yeah. So from probably did you have mentors growing up like that would I had my older brother. Yeah. He taught me how to surf, skate, really instilled all that with me, and we spent a lot of time together. But he, you know, he's twelve years older than me. He he moved and, and lived his life. Yeah. But um, you know, I just had to lean on myself. I had to mature up quickly and yeah. and and find uh, ways to self soothe, and that's where I think a lot of. Um, you know, gaining good perspective, greater insight, learning yeah. empathy, like living in housing commission, like seeing the other side of the fence where, you know, kids don't have parents and yeah. kids are fending for themselves and drugs and, you know, robbery and arson and everything happens. And I was living in this pretty, pretty bad place uh, from, like, you know, from 12 years old to 18. But I still chose not to, I like, define myself as some, I'm, I'm someone who lives in housing commission i'm someone who's poor yeah yeah yeah. that wasn't a factor you know it was a factor that i had to deal with with like bullying and and yeah. uh and you know finances if you don't have finances you can't do certain things but like it doesn't have to be my end all yeah and um, you can't define yourself just because of that correct in the future correct but i could easily i had had so many excuses to, to yeah. not do things to not do well at school to not do whatever yeah it's like uh whatever yes yeah this is me whatever right i mean everything's relative like you know we have kids that complain that didn't go on holidays uh in the year and i'm like complaining that and for me i'm like that's so trivial like i don't know if i'm gonna get home and someone may not be alive or someone could go missing and and so but you don't know those kids who are upset about something that's relative to them them, yeah yeah so i'm never thinking oh sort your life out it's more just like well this is me this is what i have to deal with yeah 
Um, so I think that really put me into like a really strong mind frame um, going into the military. I had high self-esteem because I knew I could overcome things yeah. and knew that I had a, a capability of doing things well because I was diligent. And uh, that sort of helped nurture that. And it gave me my own self-confidence to sort of go, you know what, I can do things. And if I apply myself, you know, I can define myself by my own actions. Yeah, correct. And if that's going to help other people better perform, feel better about themselves and help empower other people, then that's yeah. what really satisfies me. Yeah, that's, man, that's inspirational what you've gone through, bro. Like people don't realize when those things happen and actually if you overcome that, it actually, you actually got to appreciate what happened then to where it's, you've overcome to what you've, you know, what you're doing now. Yeah, that's, I think we get caught up too much wishing things away. I wish Correct. this wasn't me. I wish I wasn't, yeah, that well, didn't happen to me. Now. Why can't I, yeah. Right. Which and, happens all the time. Yeah. And uh, like wishing's never going to get you anything, right? Yeah. It's about putting like boots on the ground, you know, being methodical, trying, failing. What's another way to navigate around these Correct. circumstances? So the biggest thing is to be aware of it. You know, be aware of what's happening in your life. What factors are hindering you from getting to where you want to be? Recognizing the effect that those factors have on you yeah. and the people around you. So you get a lot of people talk about, you know, fuck excuses, excuses are for the weak. Yeah. And I don't believe in that, you know my parents not being able to work, my parents, my family's health is not an excuse. Yeah. Right. It's not an excuse. It's, it's a fact that I have to deal with. Yeah. So, um, people, we all, we all have been dealt a certain hand and you know, we all have a story. Yeah. And for me to think that I'm poor me, I'm the only kid that's going through this is uh, arrogant, naive, and I'll be doing myself an injustice. So, um, I took that attitude and I ended up applying it to my military and, um, and that, what the military taught me, what my childhood taught me, the lessons I learned has honestly paved the future, my future in my life. Yeah. And uh, man, I'm, I'm grateful for it. And uh, when hardship comes, good. You know, like, yeah, I know. You can overcome anything, you, right? You got what it. You overcome as a kid. It's yeah. huge. Huge. Because, you know, it, it happens. A lot of kids just end up to turn into drugs, alcohol, yeah. you know, and, and blaming it on what happened. But you can't let that overcome yeah. you know, your circumstances in life. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, everyone has to go through their own journey and everyone has to be, you know, that, that fire is what you know, refines you. Right? Yeah. And, uh, dude, thanks for sharing that. That's, yeah, of course, yeah, man. That's, yeah, really inspirational. Yeah, of course. Well, that's the thing. So now I can share that story, right? Something that I could have viewed as poor me and feel sorry and pity myself. But yeah. now if I share that and say, this is how I got around it. inspires it, people to go, you know, don't let my circumstances hold me back of wherever I want to go on my journey in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's where... The fitness industry really shaped, you know, I really took these transferable lessons and principles into the fitness industry. So I left the army um, and I had a lot of guilt and... and uh, You were talking uh, before you started a charity? Yeah, that was um, probably, yeah, that was probably a year after I started my boot camp. So I finished the army, completed the military, got back home and I still wanted to be a service to other people, you know, that was yeah. my calling sort of thing. That's what I felt that really sort of gratified me. So I, I applied for the paramedics, did the testing and got through and was waiting in my enlistment date. And I didn't know how long the enlistment date was because it's such a, you know, sought after uh, occupation. Yeah. So then I just got into, like I was talking about before, skilled laboring, like way left field. You know, yeah. I was learning how to gyp rock, you know, brick laying, um, uh, waterproofing, all these things. And it was hard work and it was bad pay. Yeah. You know, but it gave me really good perspective. You know, I'm like, I work 40 hours a week. And I, I don't I, love it. I don't love it. Um, but I'm going to do a good job at it. And I did yeah. a good job and I ended up becoming manager. 
you know, and the owner was like, I want to give you my business when, you know, I get older, you can have it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I took that responsibility and I just ran with it because I don't want to give half ass effort at anything, even yeah. if it's something I'm not passionate about. I saw that at the gym this morning. <laughs> Finished the workout, then you're doing push ups. I'm like, <laughs> I feel lazy right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, so that work ethic was there and that taught me a lot of lessons and it gave me life skills, right? I, yeah. I look at the positives. Like there's a lot of moments where I was like, this is shit, but you know, what if everything's too easy, you're not getting, not growing from it, not exactly. getting anything out of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so then I was, at, I was at a point in my life where I wasn't doing too well financially. You know, I was just a young lad live, having a good time with my mates. Um, but I ended up uh, getting to a point where I was sleeping on my sister's couch and um, she lived in, in a really bad area too. And, uh, you know, I was just like, I'm, I've got more to give, yeah. you know. And like the paramedics... It was like um, a wake-up moment. Yeah, it was. And I, I ended up getting an enlistment date with the paramedics. And in that time, like a, almost a two-year period of being in limbo spoke to a lot of paramedics one of my local surf spots there was one guy jeremy and you know sitting down with him and getting a little bit more serious about it he was just telling me like it's a tough job obviously and it can be a short career you know just the well, what they have to deal with what they have well. to deal with on a day-to-day basis being that high stress yeah um you know seeing night, what they have to see yep night shifts all that stuff and i was like you know that's I'm, I'm i could face that and i'd be willing to but maybe i can be more proactive rather than reactive yeah and join the fitness industry uh, instill the lessons that I've learned in my life in the military and help people not have to dial paramedics or help people on the day-to-day. And um, so I had this vision, came up with a business plan, an idea. It's called Battlefit Australia. Um, I was set on it. You know, I thought I could start this boot camp and we can make this happen, but I had no money. And like I said, I was in a bad place in a lot of ways. And uh, two of my army mates, which were two of my... Um, groomsmen at my wedding i got recently married um they both learned, learned, loaned me five thousand dollars each we were one night we we're on the drink on the piss and we we're just talking about it and i was explaining it and one of my mates like man i know that he's like i know you've got a good idea and the only thing that's restricting you is finances so we want to give you five thousand dollars each to yeah, get that's started so rad. which is amazing yeah. i was blown away and that only came around because because I valued my friends, yeah. you know, like I look, I looked after my friends. They were like my brothers to me, and those opportunities don't That's come so to cool. you if you're a sh- if you're a shit person, right? Yeah, if you're correct. only in for yourself. So um, at the time, I didn't think of it like that. But yeah. now, when I look back, and you know, I look back and and retrospectively and think about relationships and friendships, I'm like, it pays to be kind. Yeah. Um. So fortunately enough, like five thousand dollars each, I said, oh, I'll pay you back. Yeah, you know, with five hundred bucks interest. And uh, I started my, um, I was a membership consultant at a gym, a local gym. And I had to, that money was able, enabled me to then purchase my Cert 3 and 4, um, buy my um, permits for the council to work outside, uh, insurances, some shitty equipment and a, a non-descriptive old white van that was uh, carting all the gear around. And um, so we spent every dollar and I did a pre-sale for a 10-week progressive fitness program um, you know, that had your basic training. It's for, it's a mixed gender for people who are new to training. And then you had yep. uh, fitness fanatics, which is all females and then battle conditioning, all males. And I sold it as a 10 week program. People paid up front or they paid week to week. And I ended up selling like 55, 60 people. And it was only because whilst I was in training, knowing that this has got, this has to work for me. I don't have a choice. Yeah. Right. Um, no plan B now. There's no plan B. And so I was in the gym talking to people like, what do you think about this concept? And because I was always actively going, getting around the members and people, and you know, training hard myself, trying to lead by example, people were, were drawn to that. Like, hey, I want to come 
jump ship with you. What are you doing? So we started with this amazing community and all these lessons I learned through the military and my childhood empowered these people like they've never been before. Like, like I said, I didn't pity myself when I was going through this stuff. Yeah. So when people were training and they were in the hurt locker, I'm like, don't feel sorry for yourself. Everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. People are like, whoa. Right? Or I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. Or don't stop until the last person's finished. Yeah. Or you would do it as a team, don't let anyone behind. Or if it's not raining, it's not training. Like I had to make sure people if it was raining, people had to rock up, otherwise I don't make money. So I had to really retrain their thought processes. Yeah. How they view themselves and their training. And people were proud to be battlefit. Like we had people tattooing themselves, Battlefit Australia, people wearing their apparel everywhere. That's so sick. Like we had such a strong ethic when and just community. Raving fans. Like yeah. Just, yeah, that's cool. Because I cared, man. Like yeah. I spent so much time and with that's these the people. most important part. Yeah. You know, just yeah. caring. Yeah. And I think people could see that, you know, even though my methodologies might have been a little bit uh, harsh back then uh, in terms of like you know I really didn't give like I looked after people of course and made sure I worked around people's restrictions but I was I was pretty harsh back then I was pretty hard on, on people made people like cry throw up Train all this hard. stuff yeah 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 so but it was a good it was a good start and mm. um, man, it ended up going to a couple hundred people um, we had a huge community and it was it was doing good things and uh, but I think I paid I paid my mates back uh, I think on the second 10 week program paid them back in full and they were coming to, to, to training when they were, you know, back from working in the army and yep. on holidays, but coming back to home. And then one guy that worked there, um, Matty, he approached me. He said, oh, Andrew, we're, we're filming this series on television. It's called Search for Hurt. It's the second season. I think you should apply for it. So I put in a video audition, not knowing what, what it was. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and then my video audition was accepted. And then I was... Um, still running this business still you know as you know as a business owner still thinking around the clock how can i add greater value to my yeah, members how can it. i continue to this program how can i get more equipment save up for this and that um you know i jumped onto this series and in the first session it wasn't even a guarantee it was six males and six females in a gym uh ran by it was hosted by the the guy who was the founder of search for her matt murphy who uh did the first season so he was the f- he was the host of the second season and he hosted a 24-hour workout in a gym to choose, decide who was going to be the one male, one female to make it through the 10-month season. Yeah, yeah. So I ended yeah, up... I used to watch that search for her. It was crazy. Yeah, man. It was it was nuts. And yeah. so like I had a lot of time in the military. Like we did a lot of stuff. Like, you know, we weren't sleeping for nights, at a, days at a time. We were working on our feet all day. Did a lot of hard stuff. And, yeah. after, and I was fit and all this stuff. But Matt, even Matt said to me like later on, He's like, when I first saw you at that, that hurt camp trial, he's like, he's like, who's this big muscular guy who's gonna just fall flat on his face? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm up against Ironman, obstacle racing, like Australia's best obstacle the best racing, the best. Like all these ultra endurance endurance sort of aerobic yeah, specialized yeah. people. And I'm like, I don't know who this Matt Murphy dude is. And everyone's like, oh, Matt Murphy. I'm like, yeah, right. whatever. And he was like one of the world's best triathletes. He went, traveled around the world, like he's an exceptional athlete. And I was I was rubbing shoulders with all these people who I didn't realize. Probably a good thing though. You went in with no expectations because <laughs> you're like, I'm just gonna try out for this. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, exactly. I remember telling. I remember finding out I was accepted to do the trial, and getting told I'm gonna be spending 24 hours in a gym. I was like, well, I better start my cardio. And I did ran 19 k's, got blisters in my feet, and I walked home with my shoes off. Going, <laughs> what am yeah. I doing? <laughs> really? Yeah. I went in there oh. undercooked. Um, so, anyways, we we started, and it was. Um, uh, it was three apparatuses that we had to complete essentially yeah. so it was 21 kilometers on the rowing machine 100 kilometers on the bike 42 kilometer run on the treadmill 
and then there's always something to do in between. So we spend half an hour on each apparatus, then we do box jump burpees for time, half an hour, beep test, half an hour, some strength. Like it's a long time, climbing. half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was always a, a, a character chase. There's always incentive to go hard. So if you get the most meterage on the rowing machine, it takes a kilometer off your run. If you burn the most calories on the bike, it takes 500 meters off your row. Yeah. So you're constantly chasing and there's yeah. competitions all the time. So it was just hard. There was no pacing. And, you know, I was well over, well above, and this was well above me in my, my capacity at the time. But I had that mindset, man. Yeah. And I was like, this is my make or break chance. I'm like, I could be yelling at people in the park for the rest of my life or I could just stick to this speed mm. next to this super fit guy, hold on to it. And um, that might be enough to get me across the finish line. And, uh, and change your career. Change everything. And uh, there's one moment on the rowing machine, I had 5Ks left to go. Um, I couldn't bend my knees at all because I would get cramps in my quads. But so I was just doing back extensions. And so I was a bigger, stronger guy. So I was holding a good tempo and they'll tell me, you know, get off, we'll roll you out, we'll stretch you out, um, get some like electrolytes and stuff. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not stopping. <laughs> I finished the whole 5Ks, just constantly back just extensions. And uh, and I, they saw that work ethic all the way through. And they're like, this guy's this dude loves to hurt we're going to get him on the show because he obviously i'll be a entertaining because i'm i'll just what how hard it'd be doesn't matter i'll just get through just it go through it yeah. yeah um so man that's where a lot of things change and is me. that how your social media following kind of started to really grow from from after the show it was actually i think so because i remember we in in the season two they they spoke about me posting things about it because i think i already had something i had some sort of groundswell happening before yeah and i think it was my training methodologies and stuff that people were made it might have been interested at the beginning because at the start instagram was i don't know what it was yeah i was yeah. posting pictures of my food and the dumbest stuff like yeah, yeah it's like when you get like a, it. it's like tiktok now yeah exactly yeah. it's like when you get a a memory uh facebook memory from eight years ago and your status is like going to the pub tonight see you guys soon. yeah you're like what did <laughs> what i say that for <laughs> yeah so, uh, and you'd post 40 photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd upload every single photo into an album and you look back and go, why did I upload stuff that made no yeah, sense? Yeah, exactly right. Which is not a bad thing. It was kind of good then, right? Yeah. Now it's, everything's got to be pretty More curated. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Correct, yeah. So And like people's like, attention span. No one's gone through a 40, 40 an album, photo 40 album, photos, no. see blurred images. Not even reading the captions. They're just yeah. scrolling through. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I think that's it definitely helped. It definitely gave me um, exposure to those the, the people that I geared in that way so yeah. a lot of people that i meet which is amazing they still like i've been watching i've been following you since search for hurt and like they do obstacle racing they do triathlons they do long distance running yeah um they're just serious about their training so when i was going to obstacle races and stuff like that people were like hey, hey and i was like who are these people this is crazy but that 10 months man was was like you know so was, it was a 10 month series like is that how long it took correct you? yeah sorry yeah 10 months going around australia doing yeah. different events so like um uh, we did a 48 hour adventure race uh, GeoQuest uh, and like uh, like Scotts Head in New South Wales. We did uh, so it was all in Australia. All in Australia. Yeah, twenty four twenty four hour obstacle race, twenty four hour mountain bike race, hundred k bike ride. Like we just did everything, and we did like worked with some elite strength athletes too. Um, worked with Australia's strongest uh, man, and when I worked with another guy. Got my PB deadlift when I was training for a hundred k run. So like wow. we'd get told every three weeks what the next thing is, and we would have no idea. So. Oh, Andrew, I mean, the first one was a 12K stand-up paddleboard race, which I was okay with. I was always in the ocean. I'd stand-up paddleboard yeah. all the time. Yeah. Second one was a 100K run. And I was like, holy shit, the furthest I've ever run. It's not even half of that. Like, this is going <laughs> to hurt. And so I had, I had three weeks to train up for it. 
and the magic of TV is funny. Like if you watch the episode, it has Matt that comes to my home gym, which they decked me out in some gear, had this home gym and he comes and does like a, a session with me to, pe- to prepare myself for this 100K run, mm-hmm. focusing on, you know, hip stability, knee, like, uh, you know, eccentrically loading the quads, all these things. And he's interviewing me in that episode and he's saying, hey man, are you excited for your race? I hope this helps, blah, blah, blah. But that actually occurred after the 100K race. Oh, did it? So I never got any of that information until post the 100K So you'd done the race, then you'd come in and yeah. film. So I'm just looking at him when he's asking these questions like, man, that would have helped a long time ago. Yeah, why didn't you tell me that when I was at the 50K mark? Yeah, yeah, I wish yeah. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow. So it's just, that's just TV So you came magic. into a 100K race with no prep, like realistically like... That was my first running race, 100Ks in Blue Mountain. Blue Mountains, for yeah, wow. almost 5,000 meters of elevation. And I'm going to do a marathon of 42K and I don't feel like I've got to go, okay, don't be scared. Tell me 42, it's not yeah. 100. <laughs> well, this is the thing, man. Like it's, um, it's you know, train hard, fight easy, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, And I, uh, I Three week lead up to any race is piss poor. Like, even, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. whether it's a 5K, 100 meters, yeah. sport, whatever. Yeah, well, 100K race, you're training six months in advance yeah. for. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I had like no real aerobic base. It's so like you just got the mindset to get you through. Yeah, which... um. You got me through that race, you know, and uh, and there was like so many stories within that hundred k race that wasn't televised that makes it so much richer. Yeah, you know, yeah. which makes really it, authentic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's yeah, cool. And what? And that. then so after that, did you, you then you started your gym, and then it's just kind of been a snowball from there. Yeah, man. I think after that, like the gym, I started with Active Escapes. Yeah, did my first one. It's a fitness retreat that gets hosted around the world, and. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get the an opportunity to run a fitness retreat in two, end of 2013 or, yeah, I think 13 in Bali. And, uh, it you know, the, the owner and I got along really well. I, I did a good job. Um, well, he thought I did a good job. And then it just continued. And now they're head trainer. And I, I'm, I'm got the opportunity to pick as many as I want every year. And uh, but I can't pick too many, otherwise I'm never in Australia and I never work on my own business and yeah, uh, lose, yeah. lose that structure and stuff. But I'm fortunate to, I've traveled. Like I said, man, I had a tough tough childhood. I never got to travel anyway. My first time overseas was when I was with Search for Hurt, um, and that was at 22, I think. And I think now at 23, I've gone everywhere, and uh, it was really it was a cool experience to know that. From those critical moments, those decisions I made from as a kid to in, in the military, yeah. in, in uh, working as a skilled laborer and getting into um, search for her, that trial out, that trial session on the treadmill, that was the definitive moment where I was going to break yeah. or make. Mike, if I didn't, if I decided to quit that, if I decided that it was all too hard, poor me. Wouldn't, you wouldn't have gone to where you've gone to now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That mindset. Yeah. It's yeah. key, man. And like, there's no plan B. You've got to do it. Got to do it. And... Um, you know, yeah, everyone, everyone can tap into that. Yeah, it's there. It's there. It's there. And I mean, what does a daily routine look like for you with everything you've going on? How does your daily routine go? What do you do? If, give me a normal day in the life of Andrew Pat. Well, it's funny because like I was saying, I operate really well with structure. Yeah. Um, and this has no structure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, looking after an online business, you know, um, looking after socials, working with multiple brands forever. Um, thinking about the future, putting out proposals, you know, what's the next thing to training yourself to having a relationship with your wife, my now wife, um, catering to other friendships and having fun at the same time. How does it all come together? Yeah. I haven't had kids yet. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till that comes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Man, how do do you do it? Like what's, what's the, 
yeah man. you know you're getting you're not you, you don't have structure of nine to five like you're mm. never off either mm. like it's with all the facets that you have like going yeah. on there's a few things that are critical so for me surrounding myself with people that are better than me at everything yeah um that's the only way i can juggle 10 different projects at once yeah if everything was relying solely on me i would have just stuck the battlefield yeah. and even my administration back then was piss poor yeah sometimes people rock up and go hey man i didn't pay for the last 10 week block but here's that cash and here's cash for this 10 week block and i didn't even know yeah so like i just yeah getting great people around you so you can do what you do best yeah so i just Correct. stick up my strengths right yeah so there's that i'm fortunate to have amazing people around me i'm fortunate that uh you know even on active escapes connecting with people from all around the world um resident and like this is what i talk about with them on these trips i'm like you have 30 people coming from everywhere all walks of life people are thinking me like oh thanks for all the training thanks for teaching me stuff i'm like guys i'm one person i just got 30 different you know uh aspects on how you do things i, th- I believe that people leave imprints on one another whether yeah. it's brief or over a long period of time whether it's negative or positive yeah I'm, i've just got 30 imprints like i go home every week so much richer than you leave from me yeah. so I'm, it's 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 like my duty to hopefully give you something yeah of some value and um that's where i think that's where we have to start facing things like you know what kind of not not even a legacy but like what do you want to give to people yeah yeah you, know, you want people to give back yeah give back um and that's how we feel that's how we feel most fulfilled that's how i feel most 100 percent. i think you feel most fulfilled when you are you yeah. know, giving service and helping out yeah and it can be something as trivial as like you picked up a pen that someone dropped at a desk. Yeah. You feel better about it. And it could have changed that person's day. It could. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah yes. It's been, it's, been a, it's been a journey, man. That's and cool. It doesn't stop. But yeah, like you are saying, so surround myself with really good people and then just being disciplined as possible with that, with that structure and those routines. Uh, I came down to my business partner pretty hard uh, probably about six weeks ago because he, um, he was getting a little bit overwhelmed and he was losing himself. And what he, and he lost his losing his purpose and he was putting too much he was doing too much grind and it wasn't giving anything back to him mm-hmm. and he's teaching people how to give to yourself yeah and i'm like you're losing yourself and i'm like you don't have a nine to five job i said you have no excuse I'm like you don't have to you don't have a deadline to rock up on a day you've got a lot of things going on yes but you need to put some time away for yourself and if you don't it's game over yeah right? correct. so i'm like before 9 a.m all that time is yours yeah, you can't get up before then and do everything you need to do to fulfill your needs. So you have crushed the day and you're satisfied on yeah. what you're doing for other people, but also what you're doing for yourself. And what are you doing here? You yeah. don't belong. You don't belong with that type of job yeah. description. So yeah, correct. He man, he just took it with you know both took it hands, on and-, and and now he's you know he gets up breathing, you know he gets his food in, trains, does whatever he wants to do to educate himself, whatever it may be. It's nine a.m. and he's just. Because yeah, I was around. I was struggling, man. I was um get too overwhelmed, wake up straight on emails, and you could work from six a.m. to midnight. Oh, and it's easy day. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Your product productivity goes down. You start getting depressed. You lose routine. All these other facets that we discuss: relationships, mental well-being, yeah. health. All these things start to subside because you've got one goal in mind. Um, and you're failing at it because you're not looking after everything. You're not seeing. You're not looking it, after yourself. Yeah, everything needs to coexist. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like that rule. It's amazing approach. that how much fitness has an element. Whether you want to call it fitness or just activity helps yeah. life, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, I know personally. Like, if I'm not doing something to start my day, I can't start my day properly. Yeah. Whether it's training, breathing, taking the dog for a walk, like it's 
you know, you've got to do something to start and pretty much, you know, it's like starting your car and warming it up. You've got to yeah. warm yourself up to prepare to then go and crush the day and achieve whatever you want to achieve. I guess, and you don't know about it if you've never done it. Like we were saying, you don't know how shit you feel hitting the drink or whatever every weekend really hard. You don't know how better you could feel if you did it. Yeah, correct. I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. I love to have a good drink as well. But you've got to make those decisions. Like you don't know how much better you'll feel if you go to bed before a certain time or wake up at a certain time. I'm I'm more tired if I start the day by just getting up having a coffee and racing to the office. Yeah. I feel with less energy than I do if I get up and train at 5 a.m. Yeah. Have a coffee at say 6.30. Yeah. You know, take my little one to daycare if my wife doesn't. Like start the day fresh before I'm in the office. I'm on. Yeah. You know, like it's just that routine yeah. of feeling good and starting your day is everything. I mean, that's why when I watch your stories, I'm like, oh man, it's getting at it every morning. And yeah. if I haven't got out in the morning, I'm like, I've got to do something. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and then that's, that's, that's the tricky thing too with like social media is you see a, a, a picture that I've painted and not saying it's disgenuous. Yeah. See, I look at it as a motivation. I look at it as like, when I see like guys like yourself or I got a lot of friends in the fitness industry and yep. you know, I am very passionate about the fitness industry because I love training and you know, trying to become a professional motocross athlete, you had to train. Yeah. But when I look at it, I'm looking at it as like, oh, cool. Like that's cool. I want to, I want to try that. I'm going to try that today. I want to do that. Like it's yeah. more, you, you don't look at it. You got to look at it from a positive perspective. I think with social media, like it's like, Oh, you know, actually, cause you're not perfect every morning you get up. Like, right. and it's like, oh, actually I'm going to do that today. I'm yeah. going to get up and I'm going to do that. You know, even like I was saying this morning, going on a 12 K run, yeah. did a half marathon at the middle of the year and 12 K run felt like a marathon on Saturday because I hadn't actually gone out and run. And I've had a bunch of friends started really getting back into running for, to get ready for next year's marathon. And I was like, if I don't get out and do it by myself, I'm not going to start. Yeah. You know? So I was like yeah. using them as like, okay, cool. I'm going to start because my friends are getting at it. If I don't start, I'm just going to keep falling down that pathway of just yeah. going, no, I'm not going to do it. And it's a love-hate relationship running and I. And I know that if I can achieve it, it strengthens my mind and 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 it's such so fulfilling yeah absolutely so i think you gotta treat it as a positive aspect as well when you you know when you see friends or you follow someone if it's on social media and what they're doing it's like looking at that they still have their own struggles as well yeah they're not perfect yeah absolutely well i think there's so many like everything you just said there, there's so many things you can unpack um i i talk about uh a great indicator on how you feel on who you are and where you're at is how you respond to other people's successes and failures. Yeah. So when you see someone, whether in the same industry or not, whether you know them really well, or whether you don't know them at all, just follow them. If you see them succeeding, if that makes you angry, bitter, resentful, then you're not happy. Yeah. You're not yeah. satisfied with what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. If you see someone fail, fail and it makes you happy or gives you further satisfaction or makes you feel better about yourself, you're not happy with what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. You're not happy with who you are. Um, because happy people and people who are fulfilled want to see everyone else succeed yeah. and have remorse and empathy for people who are, are hurting and they want to help them. Yeah. So it, that's a great indicator because, and that's where you're saying that healthy relationship with social media, it's hard to acquire yeah. if yeah, you're in a shit hard. space, Yeah. right? And even when you're in a good space, you got to continue to talk to yourself and, and put things in perspective and like, hey, I've got a kid or hey, I've got a full-time job or hey... My life is not like that person's life. I shouldn't have to put those expectations and and um, you know those expectations on myself. You know, if I can't train three times a day, it's because I run a business or because I work for someone and yeah. I've got kids and I've got other things to do. 
and that's okay you've got to you got to make sure you put things in perspective and it has to be your reality yeah 100 percent. otherwise you're chasing something that it is never going to work for you because you don't have what that person has yeah correct um or you don't have the circumstances that person is is given um so whether you get you know because you see people on the cover of fitness magazines and people are like why don't i look like that it's like well you don't get paid to train that's yeah. not your full-time job you know you've got yeah. so many other things that you should be proud of and you should be putting that time and energy into correct um so it's that's one and it's a huge thing too when you talk to people it's not about talking down to them or telling them how to live it's about what works for me and these are possible ways it can work for you it's about retraining their thought processes and on how they can best individualize it individualize it for themselves yeah, 100%. and that's what we do at 365 it's a we, we could deal with people from a lot of countries a lot of different cultures and a lot of different walks of life and they need to be aware of that I'm not just going to give you a cookie cutter program and tell you what to eat and expect you to complete that and continue on and crush it. I need you to understand the principles, get educated and be aware. I need you to understand the reality that things don't happen overnight and you will fail. And like you were talking about with your running, you're like, I've got to get back on the horse before it's gone too far. The people who are most successful, the ones who know how to bounce back as quick as possible. Yeah. Is it going to be three year bounce back? Three months, three weeks three days, three minutes, right? So once you get that understanding going, okay, failure is a part of the process, but how quickly can I bounce back? How much can I be consistent? Yeah, yeah. That's where the win is actually at. It's it's changing the role from like, how how many successes can I get to how quickly I can respond to failure? Correct, yeah. Um, And I think that's where you start to retrain people's thought processes. You get them to have a good relationship with food and their training. Because for me personally, this is how I... I guess level out with a lot of people who deal with body image and body dysmorphia and yeah. and food and everything is I had my own issues right I, I grew up as a as a kid who had quite an athletic physique and I gained some sort of not- notoriety from it with my friends like oh yeah Pat you know has his shirt off all the time or whatever yeah. and you know maybe I got attention from girls or whatever um, and then I left school and I was getting paid for it I you know, did some modeling and stuff so I started to think is this who I am am I just someone who has you know x amount of percentage body fat yeah yeah um and because I was gaining my identity through that and I was thinking that's what I, all I had to offer, I was becoming obsessed with my training and my, nutri- uh, and my nutrition. I was serving an obligation, a sentence to these things. So instead of, you know, I'd deprive myself from certain foods if I didn't do the training yeah. or if I didn't, you know, or if I went out on the weekend, I'd train extra hard the next day until it hurt. And um, I was losing myself to that. And I was trying to teach people how to be healthy. I looked healthy and, you, and, you weren't being and I was healthy. fit, but I wasn't being healthy. Yeah. And it took a long time. And still to this day, it's not 100% fixed. I've got to, like I said, we look at social media, you've got to always catch yourself when you start thinking in a certain way. So I've got to think, I've got to be proactive and continue to yeah. seek to get it. It's like an, almost like coming off an addiction. Yeah. You know, it's never over. The, the temptation's always there. So I've got to make sure that I'm always thinking in a certain light, certain spectrum. Yeah. And that there, people can relate to whatever, whatever end of the spectrum you're at. You know, whether you're someone who has anorexia, bulimia, muscle dysmorphia, all these so these things, or you're someone who's like, oh, you know, I, I want to lose a bit of weight, you know. So there's that huge spectrum that you need to check yourself where you're at on that yeah. and how to sort of get around that in a healthy, sustainable manner. Um, because someone who has anorexia, because it's not about motivation. Everyone's always asking me, hey, man, how do I get more motivated? It's like every day, yeah. how do I get more motivated? I'm it's like, not about that. Yeah, yeah, fuck motivation. Yeah, 100%. comes and goes. Yeah. And you can listen to a good song and get motivated. Yeah. And motivation isn't 
the be all end all. Motivation doesn't necessarily mean you're going in the right direction. No. Someone who's anorexic compared to someone who's training to become an Olympic athlete equally as motivated. Yeah. Right. Different ends of the spectrum. Um. So it's it's about going in the right direction for you. Yeah. And then being disciplined because I wake up four in the morning. I could do with another couple of hours of sleep or it's raining outside that my motivation's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's the discipline yeah. that's going to get me up and be at it. And the get drive out and the why. It's exactly right. So the motivation's just been oversold. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm. Got some great analogies there. <laughs> Thanks, bro. You're motivating. Cool. You're not motivating me. <laughs> awesome, man. And I mean, I mean, like even this year, you've just finished a 270 kilometer ultra race yeah mate what what was your mind like that like how did you deal with getting ready for i mean just a quick chat on it like Mm. 270 kilometers like that's a think about driving 270 kilometers in a car you're planning like a two-day road trip right like (laughs) you know almost you know you're going away for the weekend you're not going for the day yeah yeah, it's almost a three-hour drive in a car which is quite far yeah um on one way like how you know how did you prepare for that and how to go like yeah man because you did it with matt murphy again yeah so host of uh and founder of um, Search for Her. Search for Her. Yeah. So Matt and I have stayed in constant contact. We, we know we, we hung out so much, you know, on that series. And I got to know a lot about him and learn how much of a cool dude he was and how much he knows. And, he, you know, I got to meet some cool circles. So just being around him is really cool. And he's, his family's awesome. Um, and he lives now in bright Victoria, like the most mountainous sort of alpine region in Australia. So yeah. he's just living his dream. You know, he work, he's working his ass off and he's working for a company that, you know, he, he enjoyed it, but it was work first and it was crushing him. And he just decided to sell up his house, sell everything, get out of that job and move down to Bright and start his own boot camp. And now he's got two gyms there. He's working with some phenomenal coaches. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, he's got a great community and he lives on the mountain, which he like, gets out exactly every day and has a dog. Yeah. Like, he's living the dream, you know. So... Uh, yeah. Was he more prepared than you for the race then? Well, mate, he's, he has such an amazing aerobic base. Um, training history is phenomenal. Like he's an elite athlete yeah. and, uh, he's always been a way better runner than me. He's about 15, maybe more kilos lighter than me too. He's yeah. running specific, right? Uh, endurance specific too. So we both went on this, ra- we both went in this, this, um, 270k multi-stage race undercooked to our standard. We knew we could finish it we knew we wouldn't be bad at it yeah. but we wouldn't be as good as we want to if we had more time for preparation yeah just due to that we're both really busy running businesses all that stuff yeah so you just have to, you gotta just run with it yeah right? exactly and yeah. uh man i actually tore my i had a tear in my achilles my left achilles six weeks out from my race so i had to deal with that so i, I didn't run for six weeks before my yeah, race wow. i was on the stationary bike i was doing blood restriction therapy i was doing everything i could to that's crazy to bounce back and it wasn't a guarantee um, and luckily, man, it held up all the way through. We had the best time of our lives. We're going to do it again next year, another race. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm setting my next goal of a 96K race, and here's you throwing down 270. That's, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Well, man, like, dude, that's hats off to you, right? Because there's, there's no reason. Like, like we were talking about it before. You were trying to find why, why the fuck am I going out doing a 12K run by myself yeah. on, on the weekend away? Yeah. I'm meant to yeah. be relaxing, right? And it's because your life's not easy yeah right? yeah no one's life's easy no it's not right? if you if you're if you're looking to always overreach and looking for the next thing yeah and you want to get at it your life's not easy correct so correct how do you callous your mind achieving goals isn't easy no so it's life's, that's yeah. right and you're going to have adversity along the way unforeseen circ- unforeseen things will correct. happen correct so how do you prepare yourself and that's by putting yourself in the hurt that's by putting making that putting those factors in your life going you know what 
I could have it easy. I could wake up at 9am every morning and rock up to work and yeah. whatever and switch off when I finish. Uh, but... That's a boring life. Yeah, if I want to really get at it and get some, I've also got to set the standard for myself. I've got to get out there on those rainy days. I've got to get be consistent. I've got to yeah. fight through the, the aches and pains. Um, because when those unforeseen circumstances occur, you're like, man, I'm tough as fucking bricks. Yeah. Around 97 Ks. Yeah. You know? Um, and it teaches you a lot about yourself. I think running is really self-soothing. You know, you've got this repetitive breathing pattern happening. Yeah. You're outdoors most of the times. Especially uh, when you get into that zone, when you feel like there's a part where it really hurts. And if you break past that, then you get into that spot where it's just like, okay, this is a good, until you get to the next stage of, depending what kilometer you're at, you know, when you yeah. get in that kilometer where you actually feel really good, yeah. you just got to break past that to begin with. It's, yeah, it's an amazing feeling. That's 1000% and not even just the kilometer, like the kilometer, that's definitely a thing when you feel like you're in your stride, but that's, that's when you're fit. Yeah. It's that initial don't have that running fitness or for some people don't have any fitness. Yeah. It's like, it's such a small percentage of the journey, but it's so critical. It's at the beginning where you have no motivation, no discipline, no awareness of what you can achieve. Yeah. You come up with a little bit of a uh, bit of resistance. You're like, fuck this. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to sit on the couch. Well, I'm just going to do something else that's easy. Yeah, and, yeah. You re- and you prevent yourself from earning your potential, being who you could could be. Actually be, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So like... Um, Man, there's so many different uh, like memes and pictures and motivational quotes that sort of all portray that same thing. Yeah. Um, there's one where this this guy is you know has a pick and he's he's picking through this dirt, and he picks all this this huge distance, and he decides to give up because it's too hard. But he was just just behind that next like hit was all these diamonds, and that that's, that happens all the time. We're like, nah, it's too hard. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to persist this anymore. Um, so I find like, yeah, exactly right. Once you get a certain level of fitness and, and, and you're accustomed to that stress and you've got some consistency, then you start to enjoy it. And that's where you find all these, this new movement of fitness enthusiasts that you have now, um, yeah. who are just at it every day, loving it, living and breathing it. But that's so foreign to the general pop hmm. who haven't experienced that yet. They're like, you're crazy. Like, why would you go on a retreat overseas to train? Yeah. Don't you just want to drink piss? Yeah, exactly. Don't you want to relax, relax? Maybe surf, maybe drink. Yeah. yeah. Like what's, what's, what's wrong with Yeah, and it? it's interesting. I mean, I've grown up doing fitness my True. whole life. I wrote, like I was telling you before, I grew up doing aerobics. You know, <laughs> my mum was an aerobics teacher at school. So, do you know, I've grown up doing aerobics, pump classes, to training in the gym, to, you know, surf life savings. So yeah. I've always done it. But I think it's now I start to really appreciate it as you get older and, you know, you start to see like with running and doing those things and, you know, it's becoming more and more popular, those kind of events. Mm. You know, it's you you start to really appreciate it more like i've always been into fitness but then when you take it to that next level it's like holy shit yeah this is you know and, and you just i don't know it's just, it's just that feeling you can't explain i think you're, yeah man i think it's those transferable benefits that you don't realize how good they are until you get older and have responsibility and stress real yeah. stress in your life right yeah when you're in primary school oh, especially when you're trying to you know run a team you got correct you know you've you've got your business it's everything it's, it's just go 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 your family you're trying to you go 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 that that side of it mm. and you know when you are training mean, i know from training for an event i had to cut back my training mm. i couldn't train more mm. I, I didn't have the time so i had to do less sessions in the gym and more running to prepare for something like a half marathon because i could only still i was only training maybe four and a half days four four maybe five days a week yeah from a seven day week because yeah. i just had to work it in with time yeah it's just having to put better sessions in and yeah. spend less time in the gym yeah so i could get that to achieve it or it wouldn't happen it wasn't like i didn't have time to train more it yeah just had to like mix it around and make it work so i could do that it's definitely a thing that i think everyone 
who's getting really involved with the fitness at the moment is experiencing like it's such a social thing which is amazing yeah which makes it so cool but also it it destroys your programming like you got you know i'll train deadlifts tomorrow yesterday but all my mates are training deadlifts today so i'm just gonna get up and do deadlifts and stuff with them because i want to be around my mates training with them yeah or I do a, a really intense session today but the gym has programmed in 10 session tomorrow and all my friends are going to be there. I want to do it. So it's really sporadic. It's not methodical. Yeah. And you've got to decide within yourself, I can make these allowances and change, like restrict myself from overreaching in my training and you know, I'm not going to do too many intense sessions and I'm going to pull back here and there because I know it's going to maybe be better for my body. It's going to be better for my performance. But then it's like, but then am I enjoying it if I'm missing out all the time? Yeah. Um, do I, a lot of people, you're on two ends of the spectrum. You either need to get yourself to the gym or you need to, to discipline yourself to stop yourself from going to the gym too many times. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. it's... Too- well, I, and, I, and I treat, you're totally right. Like mm-hmm. I would train every day if I could. I just yeah. love it. It's 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 part of it. And, 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 and it all goes back to your career. It helps you with your career yeah. and business yeah. and you know, as we're saying around that entrepreneurship, it actually, anyone that's trying to succeed in their career or they've got goals, I think fitness is, it's, it's you know, cause the fitness industry is, the fitness industry is talked about so much, but it's got nothing to even, it's more helps you with your personal goals and your yeah. career goals and what you want to achieve. It's that feeling cause you, you start your day right or you end your day right. You mm. know, like you start, you know, if you're training at night or in the morning or whatever, it actually helps you and it goes back to your career. You know, you mm. bring that back into, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, our CFO came training on Monday. We did a team session on 7 a.m. Monday morning and a few people got Monday-itis, but he was even like, oh, Matt's like, oh man, like I actually got a wake-up call. Like, you mm. know, and it, it really made me, because, you know, he, he, he's not, not unfit, but he was like, this gave me a wake-up call training, you know, with the crew. And, you know, you're probably here. I'm like, you're going to start training more now. You're going to get out with us, you know? Mm. And it's, it's like, oh yeah, like it's, you know, he's probably really sore today, but it was like a wake up call for him, you know, they're like, because fitness isn't about looking good or anything. It's about just helping to me in your personal life and everyday life just to feel, you know, like you can go and achieve more because yeah. it starts that day, right? Like I think there's so much more to it than just about looking good and training for something. It mm. actually goes back to your career and your goals to help you get through those. Yeah, I think there's, I think a lot of more and more people are getting out of that sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger phase of just bodybuilding. Yeah, because um, a lot of people think that when they think, fit, but it's got nothing to do with that almost. Yeah, well, look mm. at all the gimmicks that get sold on like Denos Direct, like yeah. Ab King Pro, and yeah. you know, you got a door, you got a gym, like they're yeah. just trying to find new ways to, to get sell people to spend money to yeah. then to get some, an, an idea that's false yeah. in its core belief. Um, it's that community and being around people. Um, having having a sense of uh being a part of a group yeah you know a clan a tribe you know looking back to the days where humans were, were running around of groups of 20 to 50 or whatever yeah you know, we belong to something yeah and that's why isolation is so dangerous yeah um but that's why but, i got a dirty mo this month that's exactly right and yeah. that's for november exactly start and, the and conversation i don't sorry guys but, it's all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the 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 fact is that the modern man and woman person is can be so easily isolated yeah you know we talk about yeah you've never more never been more connected through technology but yes you've never been more isolated either correct yeah it's um, easier done through people phone. are freaking out like people don't answer their phone calls because it's yeah. it's obtrusive it's confronting oh the text the text yeah They're typing on keyboard warriors yeah. you know 
let alone a face-to-face discussion, let alone yeah. maintaining eye contact, let yeah. alone what's your posture, like how do you present yourself? Yeah. All these things, that, these fundamental things that we're losing, uh, the sense of community, like, okay, this person does this in this community and this person does this and this is how they add value and everyone has a reason to be. But we're losing that as this like global community. You know, we can, a lot of the jobs are getting outsourced. You know, um, if you're, there's there's so many options now people are feeling overwhelmed and comparing themselves and it's so easy to be trapped and think like i'm useless no one needs me i don't belong to anybody yeah and that's where that spiral begins so the fitness industry is a and this is what with battlefit australia for me it was my ministry to instill a community to instill purpose to, to show people that everyone deserves to be loved everyone deserves to to be accepted that was my main thing we had all walks of life coming there from anything you can think of and because i was instilling these principles into the trainers into the people who've been there the longest to the newbies it was a really healthy ecosystem and uh that's where we got to break through those um those barriers man and those social those those you know social sort of standards is that at the end of the day, we all want to we all want to be loved and cared and, and appreciated and be yeah. a part of something. And yeah, that's correct. what we're talking earlier today about eat the difference between Eastern and Western families and communities. You know, Eastern communities, I find that they're more willing to be acceptance and have their grandparents a part of the family, whether the family business or looking after grandkids or helping around the house or yeah. being seen every day rather than thrown into retirement village and saying, hey, like you're actually a burden now. Um, we'll come and see you once and every so often. Yeah. And not to say that that's the wrong thing to do because if you, that's the case, that's just, maybe it's the only thing you can do, that's fine. Yeah. But you can see the different the different uh, values that have in these, these cultures. Yeah. And isolation's proved to be, I mean, the worst people on the planet in terms of our social standards in jail, what's the worst treatment they can have is isolation. Yeah, it makes them worse. Right? So isolation is, you know, contributes to dementia, depression, you know, mental illness, yeah. all these different mental illnesses. And, uh, and it's, I've seen it personally in my own family. I've seen how that, yeah. what it does to people and how quickly you can deteriorate. And uh, I think it's so important to be aware of that. And that's where, like I was saying, and you were saying also, the fitness, can, fitness industry is a great pathway, gateway for people to be like, hey, you know what? Come hang out with us. We don't care if you're fit or not. Yeah. I don't care where you're from. Uh, have a laugh try yeah. hard get those endorphins all the physiological psychological physical benefits you'll obtain from it are just a benefit from yeah. what it actually really yeah, does to you yeah. as a person yeah exactly yeah hey um and one question i always like to ask i mean um and you probably you know you're inspiring a lot of a lot of people you know around australia and even the world what's some advice that you could give to someone you know what's your advice that you could give to someone that i suppose in, a, in an aspect of you know because a lot of people you know we've been talking about all these crazy events and fitness mm. but a lot of people just you know they want to get started into you know into fitness or restart their you know journey into getting fit what's some advice you could give to someone across potentially that aspect or any aspect mm. i think mate i think for anybody regardless of what level you're at uh, don't aim for perfection yeah perfection is the biggest thief thief um you know, it's if you put if you put too high of expectation on yourself, you know, because a lot of it happens all the time. Like, you know what? This is the day. It is January first, twenty twenty, and I'm going to never eat a carb, train <laughs> twice a day. You know, um, all these things, and you're like, you're setting yourself two up days for, later. Yeah, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. You know, why don't you tr- try incremental steps? You know, like this is the day where I'll get up half an hour earlier. 
this is the day I'm gonna start making my bed every morning. Yeah. This is the day where I'm gonna give a friend a phone call every single day. You know, it could be anything. And, yeah. it, and these small wins have gotta be celebrated. You gotta recognize these small yeah, wins. Correct. Because to you, they're really important because it's not about reaching for goals, it's about earning those goals through those incremental yeah. stepping stones. But we lose that perspective because we're seeing other people online crushing their goals and we compare ourselves. Like if I see a guy deadlift 400 kilos, you know, I'm like, that makes my mm. deadlift look like crap. <laughs> but I haven't earned to lift 400 kilos. Yeah. So yeah, why am I through that journey? Why so am why I upset about it? Yourself? So I did. I did a talk with a bunch of youth um, from where I'm, where I'm from, and uh, I they went away for lunch. They came back in. I was the last talker of the day. These kids are just angsty. Want to get out? I'm like, how am I going to get these kids' attention without telling them to do burpees and shit? Um, <laughs> so I said to them, "All right, kids." Uh, I gave them a bit of a spill. I said, "Look, li- listen up. I've l- there's a one hundred dollar note. All right, don't move. Otherwise, no one wins. There's a hundred dollar note underneath someone's chair." In a minute, I'm going to tell you to look for it and no, don't talk. Look for it. And if you win, stand up, hold the $100 note, and you get to keep it. Right? And so I said, go. So all these kids are scrambling like their life depends on it. And everyone's sitting down. No one's standing up. I'm like, who, who got the $100 note? And everyone's looking around. Like, there was never a $100 note. Yeah. I didn't put one there. And everyone's like, oh. I'm like, you never earned that $100. So why are you disappointed? Yeah. I'm like, that's exactly what we do as adults and as kids. Yeah. We're like, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I was there. Have you done the work to be there? Yeah. If you haven't, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Don't be disappointed. Now put the work in <laughs> yeah. to earn that, you know, what they've done. And yeah. they've earned it differently because they've come from a different place. Correct. In every single way. So I guess that's probably, I know it's a long-winded advice, man, but... No, it makes perfect sense. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate You're a legend. it. Thanks for having me, man. And, and for that session. Yeah, that was Well, Darcy killer. wrote it, but Darcy did a good you pushed job. me hard. Yeah, you did well, man. Thank you for pushing me. Thanks, bro. Cheers, brother.